And welcome to the Faith Life Podcast. I'm Seth, and I'm here with Jordan, where we take biblical and cultural questions and seek to answer them through the lens of Scripture. And we're excited about today's podcast because it's part two of a three-part podcast. So if you haven't listened to part one, part one was about what to look for or how to find a solid Bible teaching ministry, how to identify where you and your family should join, where to get plugged in, where you can grow under the teaching of the Word of God. What are some of the priorities or essentials to look for in a ministry? And so that was our part one podcast. And so today, Jordan, what's our part two? What's our question? I'm going to throw it over to you. Today, Seth, you're going to give us seven distinguishing principles or marks that your church is headed towards or already drifting towards liberalism and deviating from biblical truths. So, Jordan, I think this is a very important topic because what I believe that we're seeing in our culture is that churches that were once solid, when I say solid, not only believed in the authority of Scripture, but preached in a way that believed in the sufficiency of Scripture. And sufficiency is a good word to deal with because sufficiency has to do with God's Word is able to handle every aspect of life, every problem that we have, that we we look to Scripture first. And so I want to give these seven principles because I believe that these seven principles are, are seven characteristics that if you see these begin to pop in, up in your church are, means your church is headed toward what I would call dangerous grounds. And the first one is that it seems that your church no longer has a high view of God and lacks confidence in the authority or the sufficiency of Scripture from the pulpit. Now you say, well, what does that look like? How, how, how does that sound like? It looks like your pastor having to use movies and gimmicks instead of having confidence in the power of God's Word. Now, I'm not saying don't use illustrations. I think Jesus uh, used some illustrations. I think illustrations are good things to use. But what I'm talking about is where it seems like the Word of God is being diminished. He's talking around everything, and he throws in a couple scriptures. It seems to have a lack of confidence in the power and the teaching of the Word of God to transform lives. And what we believe as Christians, or what we should believe, is that God's Word is sufficient to handle every need, every situation. And that means it's sufficient to handle things from marriage, it's sufficient to handle things from gender to finance, and everything in between for the glory of God. And, and you, all you have to do is read 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, all scriptures God breathed. And it is useful for what? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the first quality that I want us to see is it seems that your church, and especially your pastor, has a lack of confidence in the authority and sufficiency of Scripture. And what you'll find there is it's going to be less Bible teaching and more of just trying to use things in from the culture. Number two, your church has abandoned the uniqueness of male and female roles. They have abandoned that. So God has designed men and women to be equal in value, equal in worth, yet distinct by design. And this unique by design is both biologically and functionally, and this is all for the glory of God. It's, it's how society works best together. It's how the church 
functions for God's glory together, but you begin to see this eroding. And if you begin to see this erosion in your church and in the ministry where these roles are blurred, or you begin to see it diminished, or, or even your pastor is afraid to even speak upon these things, the egalitarian movement seems to be sweeping through many churches today. And, and listen, God designed the family. And God designed the church. He has purchased the church with his blood. The church belongs to him. And we are not to go back and tell God, hey, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. No, we are to submit to the scripture and bring ourselves under the authority of God. And so the second uh, principle or mark that your church is, is headed for, away from biblical truth is your church is abandoning, abandoning the role of biblical male and female. Uh, number three, your church no longer teaches a biblical view of sexuality. Let me ask you today, are, are you uncertain where your church stands or are you uncertain where your pastor stands on the area of biblical sexuality in regards to marriage? How does your church define marriage? I didn't say how God's word defines marriage. God is very clear in his word how he defines marriage. But how does your church define marriage? Where does your church stand in the area of homosexuality? Now, let's be clear. We believe that God is able to save to the uttermost. He's able to save the adulterer, the fornicator, and he's able to save even the, the most wicked person out of any type of sin. But notice here, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the scriptures say is that those who practice such things, it talks about deception and the practice, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Is your pastor standing behind this biblical truth? Now, I do acknowledge that these topics should be handled uh, first with love. The Bible talks about speak the truth, uh, not to gather around a lie, but to speak the truth and love, but not just love, but also in humility. But these things must be discussed. You say, well, can you focus on this too much? I don't know. Uh, does every commercial that we have, uh, does the Disney Channel, uh, does every uh, new TV show that comes out, it seems like they're placing it as a, an area of focus. Why should the pulpits be silenced? No, we need to be speaking truth into culture, not embracing the lie of culture. So that's number three. Your church no longer teaches a biblical view of sexuality or is completely silent about it. Number four. Your church neglects to teach repentance, a turning from sin, and a turning to Christ. This is the area of holiness, the pursuit of holiness. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 21, uh, Paul writes, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance. Repentance is essential for salvation, a turning from sin, and a turning to Christ, one of the things that we want to see in our life, one of the evidences of following Christ is that we want to begin to eradicate sin, right? We want to deal with it. We struggle, we battle, but we want to begin to eradicate sin and we want to begin to take on more and more of the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. A great verse is 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. And so your church neglects to hear the teaching of repentance. One of the things you can go back to is study sermons like Jonathan Edwards. And you, we miss words like yielding, submitting, and repenting. 
But yet those were essential in, in times like the Great Awakening and in times where the Word of God moved throughout our nation. Let me give you number five. Number five is your church seeks to dismiss the horrors of hell and soften the wrath of God. You know that we are being saved from the wrath of God. God is a holy God. He does not tolerate sin. His holiness is set apart. It's one of his chief attributes and characteristics. And in Matthew chapter 13, verses 41 and 42, it says, The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom and all the causes of sin and outlier lawbreakers. And it says this, Notice, they will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Our God is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of grace. He is a God of kindness. But he is also a God of wrath. How do we know this? Well, God turned his own wrath and he crushed his only begotten son upon the cross. God is serious about his holiness. Does your church seek to dismiss the horrors of hell? That's number five. Number six, your church does not preach on the importance of pursuing holiness and seeking out godliness in our lives. I touched on this in one of the previous points of saying, hey, we want to pursue holiness, but we want to teach about holiness. The apostle Paul told a young pastor named Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6, but godliness with contentment, notice these words, is great gain. It is very beneficial. Godliness and contentment. Two things that seem to be lacking in our society and in our culture. What? Godliness, where we are shaped to the image of God, pursuing righteousness. And man, what about contentment? It seems that we live in some of the most discontented times. No one seems to be able to find contentment in the time in which we live. Let me give you number seven. Number seven, your church thinks doctrine is no longer important. We begin to separate from doctrine. And Paul told Timothy, he said this in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16. He said, take care of two things. Take care of yourself. And I will say this, no man has ever given me as much trouble as myself. No person has ever been a bigger problem than myself. So take care of yourself. That means, look, it's easy to see the flaws in someone else's life. It's easy to examine the errors in other people. What about ourself? And even in the area of salvation, Paul uh, wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and verse 5. He says, test or examine yourselves to see if you even be in the faith. And so the self-examination is very important. But then he also says this to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.16, take care of yourself and your doctrine, what you're teaching, what you believe, what you're bringing forth. And so our doctrine and beliefs, do you see your church is diminishing doctrine? It is saying, hey, doctrine is secondary. Our beliefs are secondary. All we got to do is love. Love is important. People will know us for our love for one another. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter dealing with the church in love. Christ demonstrated his love toward us while we were yet sinners that Christ died for us. We, we understand the importance of love, but we also need to understand the importance of biblical truth. We don't want to gather and surround ourselves around a lie. So what I have here is seven distinguishing marks, seven distinguishing characteristics that your church may be deviating or moving away from biblical truth. And let me tell you, 
that means that you're on dangerous grounds. So Jordan, I'm going to get you to close for us. In part three, we're going to discuss biblical reasons to leave a church. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more information about our ministries here at Faith Memorial, visit us online at fnbc.us or on our Facebook page. Thank <music> you.